Hello, 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 hello. Sorry about the delay, lads. It's a bit late in the day. It's about five o'clock in the evening. I usually get these up a lot earlier, but between doing a delivery this morning, swimming in the lake, and recording another podcast, I just happen at the time on top of a fucking job and everything else. So you know yourself. So my guest earlier on today was Juliana Pena, um, the first lady on the show. Thank fuck. Got that monkey off me back. Uh, I won't be uploading that today because I only uploaded Anthony Murphy's second instalment this morning. So I'll probably hold on to Juliana's for a couple of days just to give myself a little bit of breathing space. Um, but I digress. How are you getting on with your 40-day challenges? Uh, I'm hearing from a lot of lads that are doing push-ups and that's so fucking cool. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I can't stress how cool it is to hear from people that are, are basically fucking getting up and getting after it and... and doing something because if you if you want to I don't know there's something about this time of year that just it's it's just really ripe for kind of spring cleaning your life without sounding too pretentious about it but there's, there's something in that there's something about the the stretch in the evenings you know the the buds on the on the trees and again without making anybody violently ill if you can think of yourself as something that's only budding you know, this this is the it's the start of the fucking year, lad. So if you want to get motivated and make change of your life, if you want to maybe do something that you've been meaning to do or whatever the fuck it is, set yourself the goal of having done something by a certain date. Don't say this time next year you'll, you know, have done what you want to do. Say this time next year you'll have done what you want to do, but in order for that to happen, these 10 things need to happen first. And I can't do this before I do that and I can't do this before I do that so I'm going to have to have this done first what's the fucking timeline is it can you do it by next week can you say to yourself right I'll, I'll do a little bit of it maybe today or tomorrow or at the weekend set yourself some fucking goals and get the fuck after it anyway what I want to talk to you about today was inspired in part by what came up at the end of my conversation with Anthony last night the podcast that went live this morning uh, Anthony Murphy 2 call it and I mentioned something to Anthony. Actually, no, I don't think I did. It was in the blurb that I wrote. So I was sharing the link to Anthony's Patreon account. And I said something along the lines of, if you're embodying the off-the-lead mentality, that it's incumbent on you, if you can, obviously, if you can support him, to support him. The idea being that you should spend your money on what you want to see more of in the world and that i think is what i want to maybe dwell on for for at least the start of this podcast and, and, and maybe maybe the whole thing another way of looking at that is another way of looking at that is every time you spend your money you vote for the type of world that you want to live in think about that then. every time that you spend your money every single fucking time you spend your money you're voting to have more of that in this world so if you're fundamentally opposed to factory farming if you think it's abhorrent if you think it's evil don't buy your fucking vacuum packed meat out of the cheapest section in the fucking Tesco fridge or freezer aisle don't be eating in McDonald's don't be eating in any fast food restaurant don't be buying pre-prepared meals because put it this way, where's the best beef in these two scenarios? Is it in your local butcher's display or is it behind about four layers of packaging on a shelf in a supermarket? 
think about this. You're a not a farmer because farmers these days don't kill their own animals. You own a slaughterhouse. So you own a killing building basically. And you buy live cattle or pigs or chickens or whatever it is. You buy them from the farmers in your vicinity. You pay them whatever it is. You burn off the hair, skin the animal, chop it up into quarters or whatever it is. And then you take your prime cuts. So all the best bits of meat. They get put to one side and they go to the best of the best, go to the high-end butchers and the high-end restaurants. After that then, this kind of not as good stuff probably goes, the majority of it goes to the supermarkets. But then the shit that's left over, that stuff gets all mushed up together with the nose and the foreskin and the God knows what else in between. Mixed up into a big grinder and put somewhere where you can't really see it like in a lasagna or in a meatball or in you know a a big kebab stick that you see spinning in a takeaway at four o'clock in the morning when you've fallen pissed drunk out of your head out of a nightclub that's where all that that meat goes all that nasty stuff the stuff that's scraped up off the floor of the factory and extruded through a pipe that's where that stuff ends up so the more of that that you want to see the more of that you should buy. Because again, every time you spend your money on something, you're voting in favour of seeing more of the same. Now the antidote to that is to spend money on what you do want to see more of. So think about that for a second. What is it that you would like to see more of? People have said what I do is fantastic. What I do is I created a small business and I work my ass off and I get my, you know, I, I get paid by my customers and it costs me less to buy the materials than it does to sell the produce. I make a profit. That profit is my wages. And people love that. And I love it. But when I tell people or when people ask, you know, what do you do for a living? You explain to them what you do. And they say, Jesus, and you do this all by yourself. And you say, yeah, well, you know, I get people in to help me on my busier days and that. But that I... I'm steering my own ship. People love that. And I think that's... Like, I, I know I love it. I love seeing it and I love hearing it. And I love I love having McGrain's butchers in Navin. Because I know the McGrain's are a local family. They're not the equivalent of, you know... It's not McDonald's meats. Or, you know, some big, huge fucking brand that's has 100 million cows rammed into a 20-square-foot shed. And then they get pushed through a big blender and... You know, a, a Big Mac comes out the other side of it. Not in the slightest. They're a family butchers. They're a a, a family, you know, a, a local a local family, community people doing essentially what I do. Buying in local produce, adding a certain amount of work to it, and then selling it back to the locality for a profit, and that's where their wage comes. And you can extrapolate that ad nauseum for where you buy your eggs where you buy your spuds like Jesus lads whatever about if you can't buy local that's one thing but fuck me buy Irish buy fucking Irish I mean and and look be aware like when you're in when you're in Lidl or Aldi or Tesco or whatever supermarket is is in your locality take the time to have a look at the the labels because 
it should be on it. By law, as far as I know, it has to be on it. Where this stuff comes from. And when you pick up a packet of onions or something like that and you see produce of France or you pick up a packet of potatoes and you see, you know, produce of fucking Egypt. Don't buy that shit. Because every time that you buy that stuff, again, like what I said earlier, you are voting for more of it. And like most of my conversations that I'm having with myself and with others, it always seems to boil back to this idea of awareness. Just opening your fucking eyes and being aware of what's around you, being aware of what you're eating, where it comes from, what it's doing to you, what it's doing to our society, what the negative impacts are on your, on your health and on your environment, and what the positive impacts are on your health and on the environment and on your pocket. And I think there's a... There's a quote that I'm a fan of, me that loves me quotes. I think it's a Gandhi quote, and it's be the change that you want to see in the world. That's two take-home quotes from today's podcast. Be the change that you want to see in the world, and every time you spend your money, you're voting for the type of world that you want to live in. And I suppose the take-home point here is this, you're the one in charge. You're the one making the decisions. You, you are society, each and every one of us our society we all have to do our bit this idea of you know hoping that the world will change or wishing things were better bollocks embody the change that you want to see happening so moving away from that and on or back onto my conversation that i had with anthony last night i left two things out in the dragon when we were talking with the dragon i can't remember the name i think it was the, the magda was the I suppose, mythical monster in Irish mythology. I think it was the Magda. And it was like a, a, a top apex predator type monster character. Maybe something akin to a dragon. And as far as I'm aware, dragons are synonymous with myths worldwide. And the explanation of that I've heard from, I think it was uh, Jordan Peterson, is that dragons are the embodiment of our most innate base instinct fears so when we were early hominids or prime early primates or pre-humans or proto-humans or, or whatever we were before we were homo sapiens and even indeed before then our main fears were snakes predatory birds and big cats so if you imagine a combination of the three of those animals a combination between a snake an eagle say and a lion you're getting very close to what might look like a dragon something that could fly and swoop down and pick you up in either its talons or its big lion like claws something that was like a snake so it could slither in amongst the trees undetected they also breathe fire and again, fire would have been a terrifying thing to our primordial ancestors. Every animal, as far as I'm aware, is instinctively afraid of fire. And with good fucking reason. Because if you weren't, you didn't survive. In dragon mythology, dragons often hoarded gold. Or if there wasn't gold in the area of the particular myth, there was whatever treasure or maybe wisdom. So the stereotypical, archetypal hero story is the young man goes out and fights the dragon and slays the dragon and gets the pot of gold. And I think that the analogy there 
is that you have to go forth and face your inner demons. And in doing so, you reap the benefits. Another thing that we mentioned was, or I mentioned, should I say, or butchered, more to the point, was the five personality traits. The big five personality traits. Namely, and these are the ones that I fucked up on last night, and I'm going to fucking throw a spanner in the works here and fuck them up on myself again. Neuroticism, openness, agreeableness, orderliness, and I'll get back to the fifth. Neuroticism is essentially our sensitivity to negative emotion. Openness is essentially how open you are. It's kind of self-explanatory. When you think of somebody who is a very open person, if you think of the person, if you ask them what did they have in their bank account, the type of person that's likely to just tell you is a very open person. The type of person that wouldn't tell you in a million fucking years is probably a, a closed person. Now, that's obviously a stark example, but... We all know people who are kind of very secretive and wouldn't fucking tell you anything. They're not open. They're they're quite a closed person. And then there's people who, you know, would tell you what they ate for breakfast if you only asked them. So that's their openness and neuroticism. Agreeableness is another one. So, and plus, one thing worth mentioning, there's two sides to each of the big five personality traits, of which we all have. We all have these five personality traits to varying degrees. So... With neuroticism, which I said, is your sensitivity to negative emotion. Some people, if you say boo to them, you'll ruin their fucking day. Or week, or life maybe. And they're super sensitive to that kind of thing. So they would be high in neuroticism. Whereas some people, it doesn't matter what you say about them, or to them, water off a duck back. Low in negative emotion. Low in trait neuroticism. Agreeableness then... Agreeable is kind of self-explanatory. It's how agreeable you are and the opposite being how disagreeable you are. And the classic example is that is if you've ever been with your mates and you're ringing uh, a takeaway and you turn to, maybe it's your partner, and you say, hey babe, I'm going to ring a takeaway. What do you want? And they say, oh, I don't know. What do you want? Somebody who comes up with that kind of an answer is an agreeable person because a disagreeable person won't say that. A disagreeable person would say, we're getting a Chinese because I want a Chinese and I know you don't like Chinese but I want a Chinese. Now that's obviously a, an exaggeration but you, you get the sentiment. So that's what neuroticism, agreeableness, extroversion is another one. So how extroverted or introverted say you are. How extroverted essentially is how how outgoing you are in a sense or how much of a people person you are I think is, is more to the point. I'm not overly extroverted. So the way you'll spot me at a wedding is I'm in the far corner engrossing conversation with someone. That will be an introverted characteristic. An extroverted characteristic is the person who's going table from table going, come on, get up, we go for a dance, how are you, bye, yep, yep, yo. You know, they're the, the centre of attention, the life and soul of the party. Extroverted people need people around them in order to feel good and introverted people need time the fuck away from most people a lot of the time in order to feel good the fifth then being conscientiousness how how orderly you are i suppose and how regimented you are and the the way you'll spot a conscientious person is essentially how hard working they are if you know somebody who's flat fucking out every day 
doing this and then when they're doing this they're in the middle of doing that and they've got a half a dozen different projects on all the time and they're go 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 and they're super organized and they just get work done and are the embodiment of this idea that if you want something done ask a busy person that person is a is a conscientiousness is a conscientious person so that's the big five personality traits there's you know the kind of positive and not the positive and negative side but the, the two elements to each one of them so to run through them quickly neuroticism extroversion agreeableness openness conscientiousness if you google big five personality traits or better still better still i'll include a link in the description of this to jordan peterson's own one it there is a cost involved it could be as much as a tenner i don't think it's any more than that i highly recommend that if you've got any interest in psychology and even more to the point if you've got any interest in the type of person that you are i highly recommend that you uh, you fill this out and, and and really really study the results because you'd be very surprised what you could learn about yourself and another thing to think of is maybe google what they are what the big five personality traits are and try and rate yourself you know out of 10 on how let's say high in neuroticism you know zero being not very high and 10 being as high as it gets rate yourself on each one of them so get a, a, a rudimentary understanding of what each one represents and rate yourself out of 10 to see how much or less of each one of them you are then do the test because one thing that I was surprised now I, I didn't do what I'm recommending you do and I can't really go back and redo it because once you've done it you've once you've done it and once you've read your results you've a, you've a bias that can't be accounted for by doing it a second time I don't think but for those who haven't already done it rate yourself out of 10 and the idea being that you can then compare what you thought you were to what you are and one thing that I discovered was that I would have considered myself high in neuroticism I thought that I was high in negative emotion now that's partly due because I thought that neuroticism was how in your own head you are and I would tend to be very much so in my own head but that's not that 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 is it to a degree but describing it as how sensitive you are to negative emotion is, is a better way of looking at it. but anyway I thought that I would have been high in a sensitivity to negative emotion given my history with depression and suicidal ideation and all the rest of it but I was in a very low percentile so I think I might, I can't remember offhand, but let's say I was in the 20th percentile. 20th percentile. That means out of 10,000 people that this study was based on, out of 100 of them, on average, I would have been less, I wouldn't have been as high in neuroticism as 80 out of the 100. I was in the bottom 20 of the random 100. And I kind of read that and went, that can't be right. That's that's bollocks. I'm I'm surely more sensitive to negative emotion than say the majority of people. I could I couldn't be that far away from from other people. But the more I thought about it, the more I began to realize that doesn't make me any less sensitive to negative emotion. Having a low score, that just means that most other people are more sensitive to it than I am, and that was a real fucking eye opener for me. So. Maybe that's the eye-opener that you'll get. Maybe it'll be something else. Maybe you won't get an eye-opener. 
but I highly recommend that you take the test and see and go down that big five personality trait rabbit hole because again being aware of these things can change your life now between the delivery at four o'clock this morning editing and uploading Anthony's podcast doing the podcast with Juliana doing a day's work getting a swim in having to be home fuck I'm late for a serve she's going to kill me lads I'll chat to you tomorrow